This, this, this is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertson and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. It's Miller time. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Choose VA. Veterans get the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. And by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Now, your hosts, Shannon Gross and Brad Sham. And uh, welcome, everyone, to this week's Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. We're virtual again, and not only that, but I will be playing... The role of Shannon Gross this evening. Also, Shannon is uh, has been assigned to home health care duty for a few days, and um, it, it, it is our sad responsibility uh, that this show, like last week and the next two weeks, uh, to finish the run of the season will be virtual because of the NFL's COVID policies. So uh, we look forward to welcoming all of you back uh, live, uh, whether we're uh, at Ford Center at the Star or wherever we might be next year. Uh, But we are delighted to have you with us wherever you're listening on the Dallas Cowboys radio network and uh, streaming whenever during the week you are doing so on DallasCowboys.com. Howdy. And uh, that other uh, big face in your uh, camera right there who cannot see us, so he wins, uh, is the future Hall of Famer and the uh, seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, number 70, Zach Martin. Thank you ever so much for your time this evening. Thanks for having me. And this, um, all of you will be able to tell, uh, because the nature of the telecommunications is such that this is going to be like every network newscast you've seen for the last two years. There's about a two-second <laughs> delay between uh, one person's uh, finishing a statement and the other person's response or or next statement. So bear with us. We're grateful to have all of you with us on Victory Monday in Shannon Gross's honor. It's Victory Monday, yeah. and uh, but it is Victory Monday. I mean that was so. People ask me all the time, Zach. Uh, boy, wasn't that a fun game to broadcast? And the truth is, I tell them that every game is fun to broadcast. Some of them are a little more work. But they're all fun to broadcast. You know you've only got X number of years to play football. So I'm sure even the games that you hate, you enjoy the fact that you get to play in them. But having said that, what's that like when one goes like that last uh, yesterday or last night? Because they don't go like that very often. No, they don't. It was great. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it um, kind of the night before the game of having a game. Uh, we really haven't played a game where all three phases have played together and gone out and, and had a complete game. So that was kind of our big message this week. And um, to kind of put it together and have all three phases really contribute and have that team win, um, it, it is nice to go out to, to, you know, be on the sidelines watching some of the guys who don't normally get to play get out there and, and get some snaps. Now you understand that everyone now expects you to play like that every week. Right, yeah, of course. So are you, are you, are you all prepared? But the, you know, the, the standards are high, the expectations. What's that? Are you, are you all prepared to live up to that now? Yeah, I think, well, I, you know, I think we've talked about, um, you know, we started the season, I'm talking offensively here, really hot. And then, you know, we had a couple weeks there where, um, you know, we weren't playing as consistently, you know, as we're capable of. And I think 
um, you know, we've talked about over the last few weeks. If we can just keep getting better each week and kind of hit hit this thing at, at our peak uh, when the playoffs start, um, that's kind of our goal. So we're we're just trying to get better each week and hit hit uh, you know hit our potential there when it, when it matters most. So let's um, since you've introduced the subject of how the offense uh, has been playing and played last night, uh, let's delve into that just for a moment because. When people uh, say to me, why, why is, or they offer their opinions about what's wrong with the offense, that's what happens most of the time, or, um, or they ask what's, what, what's wrong, I, my answer is usually, look, this is, these things are like a Swiss watch. There's a lot of stuff going on, and it's not like anybody's playing terrible. Yep. There's just, uh, if a play hits, here, if you don't get a flag there or a drop there or you get a block over there, then the whole game might turn around. But it ju- it doesn't just happen. It takes a little bit of time. So does it feel like it felt a little bit? And I think the whole thing's about rhythm and tempo. Does the rhythm feel last night? Did it feel yep. like uh, a little bit more like the first uh, six or seven weeks of the season? I, I think so, and I think you saw last night. We were we were on the ball a lot. Um, you know, we were running plays with a lot of time on the play clock, just just kind of smooth right down the field. And I think you hit on a good point there, uh, Brad. You know, when you when it's not going your way on offense, especially that little that skid we had, you know, you always think, um, God, we're not playing very well. And you watch the tape, and it's never as bad, and it's never as good as you think. So. Um, yeah, we, we were not very productive there for a few weeks, but you watch the tape and you can tell we're close. We're, you know, a few plays here and there, um, you know, a few blocks here and there. So um, I think everyone on offense knows what we're capable of. And, um, you know, I think the last couple of weeks we've kind of um, been taking those steps to get back to that, um, you know, that high power offense that we had, we saw early in the year. So there's a couple of things that occur to me coming off of that. One is uh, I'll ask you a question that Babe Loffenberg asked me before we went on the air last night. Um, and then I asked Mike McCarthy on his pregame segment, and I'll tell you afterward what he said. But the question Babe asked me was, uh, can you, f- I'll say fix, I think that's a, a little bit of an overreach, but can you, can you get better against uh, an overmanned team that might be inferior in personnel and 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 is at a definite disadvantage? I mean, Washington was at a definite Disadvantage. They had right. a lot of people out. They had played on Tuesday, blah, blah, blah. You guys have been through the same thing. So the question is, can you do what you did last night and have it not be fool's gold? Can you really get better? So what's your thought about that? I, I Yeah, I think 100% you can. I mean, so much of this thing, I think what people got to like, realize late in the season, it's all about confidence and momentum. So, um, you know, Obviously, they had some guys out. We had a couple guys out, but just that confidence, the momentum you get from that playing as a team uh, for four quarters like that, that that carries over, and you can you can build off of that. No, no question. So the other thing that that uh, I've been thinking about in the last uh, few weeks that I hadn't really put a lot of thought into before is um, you know your head coach makes a uh, a big point of talking about December football, and it's something that he really points to has his whole head coaching career. So the public wants to see uh, the offense that you were putting on the field in September and half of October. And um, 
it, it has occurred to me, and I'm posing this to you to ask your thoughts, uh, A, is that even reasonable? Because everything's different by the time you get to December. There's Everybody's got tape on stuff. There have been injuries. Their teams are just different in December than they were in September. That's A. And then B is when your defense is playing the way your defense is now, would it be wrong to say you don't have to have 500 yards a game? You don't have to score 40 points a game. You just have to be good enough to supplement the way your defense is playing. Is that a fair statement? Uh, you know, obviously our defense has been playing lights out, and it's been huge for us. Now, I think, you know, the competitive side of us, the guys that we have on offense, we, we want to be uh, a group that our team can count on and know they'd go out there and make a play, um, you know, throughout the game and, and, and kind of take us to that next level. Um, so that, that's what we're working to. We're working on getting getting there, and then our, obviously our defense – uh, like I said, I've been playing lights out, and you know I know those guys too. They're gonna keep they're gonna keep going. So we can if we can mesh those two together, I think we're gonna be a dangerous team here come late in the season. Do you um, when the defense is on the field? I mean, I know you got to catch your breath. You got to listen to Philbin and Blasco and figure out well, who's doing what and talk about that guy who's been giving you a little problem, but. Um, do you do you get a chance to sit back and look at some of the individual plays that your defense has been making and go, holy cow, where'd they come from? Yeah, no, we had especially lately. I think Coach Philbin probably wasn't, uh, you know, last night. I think he's catching us watching the jumbotron the whole time we're on the sideline because, like you said, they're making you know huge play after huge play turnovers. Demarcus gets the pick six, running around like a running back. I mean. You're you're locked in. I mean, obviously, you're you're making adjustments and all that, but you you want to watch those guys go out there and do what they do best. Okay, um, Connor McGovern was supposed to be the target in New Jersey. They respected his athleticism and covered him. <laughs> took him away. They could not contain Steele last night. What about the rest of you? When do you get? When do you guys get a chance? <laughs> and I think I think some guys, you know, Tyron. There's been plays in there for Tyron we haven't called, and uh, you know, everyone's kind of getting uh, everyone kind of wanted their shot. But Terrence, uh, I'd say Terrence is one of the more athletic uh, guys of the bunch, so he went out there and got it done for us. It'd be harder for you, right? I mean, it'd be harder to hide you moving you out of right guard. Yeah, I, th- I think it's more of a you know tackle jumbo tight end type deal, which is uh, which is fine. And and uh, but now Tyron, Tyron can't be pleased about having things in that he's practiced during the week. And then, come on, let's if you're if I'm going to do it, let's go. Come on, let's go. Eight Pro Bowls, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, Terrence took his thunder last night, so uh, I'm sure Tyron will be hearing some of that uh, here in the next week or so. Uh, all right, we're gonna we're we're gonna take a break, and um, I would like to talk a little bit about. Um, a uh, whole bunch of things because we've got 45 minutes left to uh, share our deepest thoughts and feelings. And we are delighted to have you with us on the Miller Lite Cowboy Hour, Zach Martin. We'll also talk a little bit about the virtual world, which I know all of you thought you had put in your rearview mirror after last year. Surprise! Not so much. 
So uh, take a deep breath, sit back. Thank you very much for being with us. Zach Martin, our guest on the uh, Cowboy Hour tonight, and we are brought to you in part by Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. And we're also brought to you in part by Lou Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. We'll be back with Zach Martin in just a moment on the Cowboys Hour. Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. I'm Brad Sham. Shannon Gross is on home health care duty this week. 
We are virtual for the rest of the season on this program because of the NFL's COVID protocols, uh, which is why if you are listening to us on uh, the radio, you are hearing a little gap between me and our special guest, uh, all-star guard Zach Martin. And if you are watching on DallasCowboys.com, streaming at any time during the week, you see us in separate boxes. And you'll still hear the little gap between voice because that's the technology. Um, but here we are. This is this is what it is. Um, and uh, the, Zach, it feels like they're they're handling it a little better than last year, but it's also a completely different problem. Um, did did you guys think you were done with all this? I know you got a little reminder back in September that you weren't done with it, but um, did you yeah. did you think that you were done with it all? And how are you as, as uh, players, uh, let alone uh, people with families, uh, how are you adjusting to another year of this? Yeah, I think uh, I think when we went to training camp, it kind of felt like we were getting over this because you know we were back in Oxnard. Um, we had fans out of practice in California. Uh, you know, started the season no problem, so it was kind of like okay, this this is kind of coming to an end. And then obviously, um, you know, within the last month or something, it's really um, picked back up. So we're we're back into that virtual world that we've been in uh, last year a little bit. So. Um, all things we're used to and that you just got to adjust to. But, um, you know, I think the coaches and our staff has hand, have handled it really well over these last couple of weeks when we've had to go back to virtual. And um, I think it being the second year of kind of going through this, it's a lot smoother um, than it was last year. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you to uh, take people uh, behind the curtain a little bit because everyone – has had their own experience with uh, the virtual world, working from home, what have you. Obviously, you guys aren't completely working from home because you can practice and you can play yep. the games. Uh, but what 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 does it mean for you to shift into virtual meetings? What does your week look like now? Yeah, so we're basically um, we're only in the building to either lift. Uh, work out or to practice. So, um, you know, a normal day would be um, like Wednesday, for example. We'll go in, we'll work out early in the morning. We'll have different lifting groups where they stagger how many guys can be in there. So you'll go lift and then you'll go you'll go back home, meet for a few hours virtually at your house. Then, you know, there's about an hour of travel time to get back into the facility, get ready for practice, um, go out on the field, do get the practice in. Um, have a little break to get back home to to go virtual meetings there for the afternoon, uh, but it's really it's really about the same schedules we ha- we would have if we came into the building. It's just um, guys are traveling back and forth to go to home to go home to to meet virtually on their iPads. Now I'm going to use the offensive line as the example for this because that's what you play, but it could be any position. <laughs> um, so let's let's say uh, you're you are meeting in the offensive line room under normal circumstances. And uh, Coach Philbin uh, has got yep. – maybe he's got the lights turned off so you can see the the um, video and uh, the PowerPoints and all the things. And uh, f- I've never been in one of those meetings, but I've been told every now and then a guy might nod off. 
something might happen. A guy might kind of just <laughs> lose his concentration, and suddenly there's heavy breathing next to you. You gotta you gotta poke the guy and hope it's not you being poked. It's been, it's been known to happen. Okay, I've, I mean, I've yeah. just I've heard I've heard. Uh, now, it, the, there's the coach doesn't always know that that's going on. If the lights are off and he's looking at the screen, and you gotta kind of take care of yourself. But now, if you're all at home. He's got to monitor you. No one's there to poke you. And how do guys maintain their focus and and really pay attention in that situation? Yeah, I mean, I think really the only difference. I mean, they they literally they they'll have a camera set up uh, in our meeting room on our big projector screen there, and and we'll run it just like a normal meeting. You'll have you know obviously your camera on, so your face is on the on the screen. So I think they they got a big board there that can see everyone's faces and. It's run like a pretty much a normal meeting. We're watching tape. Um, you know, they're drawing on the board, making you know adjustments throughout the week, asking us questions. So, um, you know, it's obviously not the same as being in there because you you know obviously being in person, you get some of you know, the extra um, banter and kind of communication like that. But um, like I said, I think all the coaches and, and guys have, have really adjusted well this season and. Um, it's definitely gone a lot smoother as far as the meetings and the interaction and um, getting a ton out of what we can uh, going virtually. Um, that banter, um, I, I, I don't think that people who have never played uh, and don't have the shared experience that you guys do. I've often I never I never played, but I was in the military, and I've often said that I think that the, the military is the only. Uh, experience that can come to mind for me that can simulate the bond that you guys have shared sacrifice uh, sometimes you hate the drill sergeant sometimes you know he's your common enemy uh, but you but there are things that you share walking out of the room just talking to each other that uh, creates the kind of bonding yeah. that allows you to be selflessly there for each other when when the game comes how much of that do you miss yeah that that's probably definitely the what you miss the most um you know we're with each other for basically eight ten hours a day every day and um you know you have those relationships and you're spending so much time like you said you're going through you know all the stuff that sucks to to you know accomplish a, a common goal so um you know we get to go in there and go to practice and still have that time in the locker room, but uh, just a little kind of in-meeting stuff, going from meeting to meeting, seeing all the different position groups, that's definitely the thing you miss when you're when you're at home going virtually. Uh, let's talk about it. I'd like to have you talk about a couple of the, the guys uh, in your offensive line room. Uh, one of them you and I had a very brief conversation yep. about the other day. Uh, but I, I'm just I am fascinated by the the year that Connor Williams has had and is having. Um, I think everybody understands the reason that uh, he was taken out of the lineup for a while because not but it but maybe some people don't understand because the perception is that he wasn't playing well. And I don't know if that's true. He was getting a lot of penalties, and we all know how subjective penalties can be. After a while, then you worry about a guy becoming a target and and that gets into his right. head before. But can you just talk about how well he was playing? And it, not only has he not had a penalty in the last two games, but I, I hate to say, I think you're running better. And a lot of reasons for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, Connor's, like, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think people, 
um, on the outside, see the penalties and, you know, get frustrated. But when you really watch the tape and break it down, he was playing at a high level. And, um, you know, obviously, um, like you said, I don't know if he was a target or, or whatnot, but it just looked like the officials were kind of, that's the guy they were looking at. So, um, you know, obviously he was out for a few games, but I think since he's been back, uh, and really credit to him, because I think so many times, um, you know, our sport's very competitive. And sometimes when guys um, are kind of passed over like that, they they, they check out. And, uh, you know, that's something that Connor never did. He came to work every day, prepared like a starter, um, stayed locked in. And I think deep down he knew that, he'd, uh, you know, his opportunities would come again. And, and they did. And he, he's taken, taken it and run with it. So he, he's done an excellent job since he's been back in. Um, you know, playing extremely hard, just kind of exactly like he was playing before. We just haven't, you know, no penalties the last couple of games. So I'm super happy for Connor. And I see all the work that he's put into it throughout the off season. Um, you know, obviously last year being the only guy to, to go through the whole season there on the line. And um, so he, he's put a ton of work into it and he really deserves it. I, I'm happy to see him um, playing so well. There's an element to offensive line play that I think a lot of casual fans miss. And every really, really good team yep. that I've been around, there you have to have great agility, balance, leverage, intelligence, all of that. Uh, somewhere yep. on that line, if it's a really, really good team, there's one or two guys who are the dirty backbone of the whole thing. They're the ones who will go through the whistle. Yep. They're the ones who bring a nasty level uh, to and help the whole group set the, the tempo. And it doesn't mean that everybody else doesn't have some of that, but that was, that was Eric Williams in the 90s before he got hurt. That was Mark Colombo. I think, I think that... Uh, it's Lyle Collins a little bit right now on this team. Not that yep. you, not that you can't be nasty, just as sweet and lovely as you seem to be. Not that Tyron isn't scary as the day is long. I think Lyle's got a little of that, and and you're you are beginning to convince me that Connor Williams might have a little of that in him too. Please expound. Absolutely, and I think, yeah, absolutely. I think you know Connor brings that. You know, he, he, he's so invested in it, and he, he cares so much about it. He brings that extra little edge uh, when he's out there. He plays extremely hard. He plays fast. Um, like you said, he, he plays a little nasty. Um, so I think uh, I think that continuity, too, um, has been something, um, you know, that's been great. Not to say that, Mc, that Connor McGovern didn't do a, a nice job, and obviously, um, you know, McGovern's been a huge part of our team this year and all the different ways we've used him. Um you know, I think that continuity with Connor uh, Williams out there has been, um, you know, just very consistent, and uh, I think you've seen that over the last couple of weeks. All right, let's talk about Connor McGovern because um, I don't know what gave Kellen Moore the uh, idea to trot him out at fullback, and um, and maybe there was something about LC when he wasn't playing that made him particularly. Uh, a fit for the big uh, what did he call it the Hulk package is that what is that what you guys called it the Hulk package the Hulk package yeah yeah but we're not going to yep. see we're not we're yep. probably not going to see that but the but the Mac package as I understand we call it is uh, that Connor McGovern is so good at that and and you and I had this conversation the other day but I just I, I kind of can envision going into the playoffs and. 
and he can just be a guard playing fullback. Nobody's got that. And he brings the offensive lineman's mentality yeah, and in combination blocks and all that stuff. What a weapon. Yeah, it really is. And I think, you know, Connor uh, did su- McGovern did such a great job last year uh, coming in and playing for me when I was when I was out and really had a, a really good training camp and, um, you know, really earned the right to kind of get to be out on the field. And um, so I think Kellen, Kellen and those guys did a great job of finding different ways to use them. And, uh, you know, that, that has been a huge package for us. And I think he he's really natural at that kind of fullback position, kind of finding his way through the whole attacking guys, kind of almost being like a third guard in there uh, on some of the plays that we've been running with them. So it's been a great addition to our offense. And, um, you know, it's been probably one of our more productive um, packages that we've had this year. And I, I don't want to uh, be presumptuous, and, and uh, not that you'd tell me anyway, but to ask about, you know, schemes and plans and things, but would it be wrong to envision that as you go into the postseason that, that we could see that used in a bigger, different way than has been the case so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I don't I don't know what they have planned, but um, like I said, the, the film doesn't lie about it. Um, it. It really has been one of our most, especially in the run game, one of our most productive formation packages, so... Uh, I know those guys are going to keep finding ways to use them and to help our offense. Okay, um, let's take another break. We're going to come back and talk about um, the Pro Bowl and some other stuff. Zach Martin's our guest. Virtually, the, I mean, he really is our guest. He's not virtually our guest, but he's he's with us virtually because <laughs> we're in a virtual format on the Cowboys Hour. We'll be right back.
Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. And welcome back to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. We are virtual tonight and will be for our final two programs of the year, the next two weeks. I'm Brad Sham. Shannon Gross is on home health care duty. Special guest this evening, Cowboys seven-time, six-time, seven-time, Pro Bowler, six times, seven times, seven, seven times. Okay, I'm just, seven. I'm sending you. As you well know, I've already sent you to Canton. So, uh, seven-time Pro Bowler uh, <laughs> Zach Martin, our guest, and um, you don't know what you've missed, Zach, by Shannon not being here because uh, one of the uh, staples of this program has become uh, Shannon's uh, Miller Light moment of the show, which is where he does a deep dive into the guest's Wikipedia page. <laughs> and when we were uh, oh, live okay. with an audience, every time there was an error, uh, he it's uh, it's sponsored by Miller Lite, so Shannon would take a hit of Miller Lite. And then he would start making mistakes on purpose so he could drink a little more Miller Lite. Um, but uh, we look forward to reintroducing the Miller Lite, uh, Miller Lite moment uh, in the Wikipedia page. I didn't do that. I didn't feel like I wanted to do that um, with you because I don't have any Miller Lite here, frankly. Um, I have to wait till I get home for that. Um, I, I tease you, uh, uh, but I'm not teasing about the honors. Um you were asked a lot about making the Pro Bowl again. I know it's not what you're thinking about. I know, and that's another thing that I do want to get into. But um, but you did have uh, the injuries that kept you out of it last year, and so um, congratulations on making it again. And what what does that mean to you? Where does it fit in your in your galaxy? Yeah, I mean it's a huge honor, and I think every year, obviously, we've got team goals, but. You know, every year you come in with your individual goals. And, um, you know, I think I have a standard for myself on how I want to play and how I, I think I'm capable of playing. And, um, you know, obviously I had some ups and downs last year, uh, missed some significant time for the first time in my career. And I, I really want to make a point to come back and, and just be that same guy, be the guy that everyone can count on to be consistent um, week in and week out and, um, you know, get back to playing at that high level. So, um, you know, big honor for me again. Um, but, um, you know, I worked, I worked hard to get back to this and, and, uh, I just keep trying to take my game to that next level. When you missed the first week, um, and, and some of your teammates were asked about, okay, what, what is, what will you be missing in Zach and Zeke Elliott, uh, didn't even hesitate, uh, by saying something that frankly, I agree with, which is, uh, Zeke said, well, Zach's our best football player. So we're really going to have to work to uh, to get around uh, missing him. Um, how important to you is that kind of affirmation from your teammates? I mean, yeah, I think any, especially coming from Zeke, who I you know I think so highly of um, as a person and a player and a competitor, um, it means a lot. And it was tough. I think especially coming off coming off of missing those last five or six games last year. Um, not being not being able to be out there on that opening night, especially um, down in Tampa versus the defending champs, and um, you know, be with my teammates. But you know, I think as we've seen throughout this whole year, every team is going through um, all the different COVID stuff. So um, it's just part of part of what we're we're dealing with right now is um, you know really across the world, and 
um, you know, I was back in the next week, and 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 obviously it felt great when I was able to get back out there with my team. Now I'm I, I'm not kidding about the Hall of Fame. I know that we had a little running joke for a couple of years, the beginning of your career, when I would ask you about playing tackle, and then last year you went out and played tackle. As soon as I quit asking <laughs> you about it, uh, but that I was kind of kidding about that. Just not my fault. You're a versatile athlete, and you can do more than one thing. Don't don't shoot the messenger. Uh, but I'm not kidding about the Hall of Fame. Uh, you're 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 all decade. Uh, you're a seven time Pro Bowler. If you're healthy, you're going to continue to make them. Uh, and and I really, I really believe that you're a Hall of Fame player. What does that mean to you? Where is that in your galaxy? Uh, I mean, look, I'd be lying to you if I said I've never thought about it before. Um, obviously, I think. Uh, as you start your career, those, I mean, at least for me, that was never like, I didn't come in the NFL and say, you know, I want to be this or that, uh, you know, obviously I had expectations for myself, but I didn't come in saying, I, I, I think I'm going to be a hall of famer. And, you know, obviously I think I still have some ways to go there, but, um, you know, over the years, it's it definitely something that kind of pops up in your mind and it is a goal you set out for yourself. <laughs> and, you know, I think at this point in my career, obviously winning, winning the whole thing is number one, but, um, you know, continuing to take my game up each year and, and stay that consistent level to maybe have a shot there one day, it, it's definitely a goal. So let's talk about taking your game up each year. Um, have you – you're probably – I'm going to guess you're your own harshest critic. Most great players are. Yep. So do you still have things you think you need to do better or is your biggest challenge now to stay at the level you've attained? Well, I, you know, I think that's the the best part about football, and especially offensive line play. And I think that's where you know some people don't always um, know how detailed and um, how many things there are to work on at our specific position. So that that's the thing that excites me is I'll go out there on a, during a practice, and you know, I'll find a little something, whether it be something in my stance or my first step, or just little things where you know I think that's that's helped me. And really, quite frankly, over the last couple of years, I think with Coach Philbin. And Coach Blasco, I have kind of taken a few steps and figured out some new things that have really helped my game. And um, so, yeah, I think it's a it's a never ending chase to to be the best you can, and especially what we do on the offensive line. There's so many things you can work on. Um, that's that's really what makes it fun. Can you tell people who have never played what some of those things are that they've helped you get better at? Yeah, I think just just looking at the game, um, obviously, um, I mean, just a small thing. I mean, training camp this year, Coach Philbin, you know, I, I've I've had success in this league. I've been around for a while, and he's helped me. He's given me pointers on different things in my stance and how it can make me more efficient in my movements, and um, you know, even that, even stuff like that has made a huge difference in my opinion. And um, you know, when you find those things that, that you can tweak that can help you, it's all it, then it's about applying it and doing it over and over and over again. Um, you know, that's also something about the offensive line position is it's it's something that you can't, you, in my opinion, you can't get good at uh, unless you're you're constantly taking reps and reps and reps at it. So, um, you know that that's been that's been fun, and I think um, you know Coach Philbin and Coach Blasco. Um, you know, they're very good at, at giving that consistent message and you hear it every single day. So um, it, it's, it's just great reminders that those little things, those add up. And, and for me, late in my career, I think that's really helped me. It's just continue to grind on those little details 
um, that really, I mean, you know, people have always have opinions on blocking, uh, different ways to block people, but, um, you know, it's pretty basic. And I think when you, when you go and you rep those basic fundamentals over and over and over again, that's when you get good at it. Don't say late in your career. I rather think of you as being just maybe slightly past the midpoint. <laughs> We're, I'm not done with you yet. Uh, okay, yeah, there you and, go. And, and I, yeah, and, no, and, I'm not done yet. Either. All right, good. I, and, now I, and I don't want to short uh, Jeff Blasco, who I think is a really, really good, intelligent young coach. But I do want to uh, talk about Joe Philbin a minute. Because I think that um, the relationship between offensive linemen and the offensive line coach is almost unique. Every position group might say that. I happen to think it's really unique among offensive linemen. I remember when Mark Stepnoski, who was a tremendous player, uh, left here as a free agent and went to the Oilers slash Titans and then came back. And, and I remember asking him, what do you look for as a free agent? What do you look for? Because people think it's money, and maybe it's the city and the weather and the head coach. And he said, well, it's really – it's the uh, strength coach and it's your position coach that make – because the money's going to be what the money's going to be. Yeah. And so those two things, he said to me, are really critical, which was an eye-opener. So um, who was your rookie O-line coach? Was it Callahan? Uh, Bill, yeah, Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan, and then after Bill, Frank Pollock. Frank Pollock, and uh, and then um, pretty quickly it was Colombo. Paul Alexander was in there for just a part uh, of a yes. year. Paul, Paul, Paul Alexander, and then it was uh, Colombo, and then uh, now Coach Phil and now so Phil five. Uh, yeah, five, five, yep, five. So, line. and Philbin's a guy who's people don't who are not in the sport don't pay attention to uh, lifer coaches. You know, Philbin's been a head coach, but he's been around a very long time. What's he? What's he bring different? Completely different personality than than Colombo, for goodness' sake, and Alexander. And uh, what have you gotten from some of these guys that stick with you? Yeah, I think, you know, I think I've taken something from all those guys um, throughout my career. Um, but I think just speaking on Coach Philbin, I mean, as far as a technical standpoint, um, what he teaches and kind of his coaching tree, his offensive line coaching tree that he comes from is is what I came from from college. My college line coach um, came from the same coaching tree as Coach Philbin. Um, so we're doing a lot of those same things, really a lot of the basically the same exact drills I did through college. We're doing now um, same kind of philosophy, same technique. So it's kind of been fun um, to go back to to that. Uh, I mean, offensive line blocking. A lot of it is similar, but um, just kind of that philosophy of offensive line teaching to go back to that. What I had, um, you know, my last couple of years at Notre Dame has been really fun. Uh, Zach Martin's our guest. Uh, by the way, do you, how often do you talk to Travis? A lot of people thought you'd dry up and blow away when Travis Frederick retired. <laughs> I, I, I talk to Travis each week. He, I get a, I get a pregame text from him every week. He sent me a nice text after the game last night. Um, he came down to a game earlier this year, stayed at my house. So we we stay in touch um, quite a bit. Yeah, he was he was an original. I still miss him. I'll I'll, I'll I would say. I would say I, do, yep. I would say tell him that I miss him, but I'll uh, I'll tell him myself. I'll text him and tell him myself. Uh, Zach Martin yeah. is our guest this evening on uh, on the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. We're brought to you in part by Omni at the Omni Frisco Hotel. 
Kick off your stay at the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys with style. Cool off in the elevated pool, savor upscale comfort food at neighborhood services, and enjoy all the dining and establish and entertainment options the star has to offer. Visit omnihotels.com slash Frisco to learn more and turn the next home game into a weekend getaway. Zach Martin's our guest. A few more minutes with number 70 when we come back on the Cowboys Hour. Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back to the Cowboys Hour. Brad Sham and our special guest, Zach Martin. Shannon Gross, we hope, will be back from home health care duty next week. Missing you, Shannon, uh, if uh, you are listening. And if you're not listening, we're still missing you. Um, so, home and road. Really interesting. You guys just went on the road three wins on the road 
A lot of people wanted to throw them back because they weren't pretty enough, but they all went in the left-hand column. And um, and then yesterday was a, a great shiny object, a bright new ornament on the Christmas tree. Now here comes a really good team this week, who is has completely flipped that script. They're ten and five. They're six and one on the road, which is bizarre to me. I don't get that. What, what do yeah. you make of that? And what do you make of home and road difference? How does it influence players and games? Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I can remember. Um, I think it was my rookie year in 2014. I think we were we were eight and zero on the road and four and four at home that year. Um, you know, I don't know for whatever reason. I think teams, um, you know, take on that mentality when you go on the road. It's kind of us versus the world. Um, and they go out and they, they play, you know, they, they use that uh, opposing crowd in their advantage. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of our bet. Whenever we play our best on the road, it's kind of that mentality of, uh, hey, it's us versus the world and these guys hate us and um, it's going to be loud. But, it, you know, that satisfaction of, of going out there and executing and playing well um, against, you know, a hostile environment is pretty cool. Um, but, I mean, as far as for us, I mean, last night, the crowd was was unbelievable last night. I think guys, even in pregame, kind of felt that energy. When we came out an hour before the game, um, there was a ton of people already in the in the in the stands. It was really loud, and I think that that energy um, definitely kind of went across the locker room. We came back in for that ten minutes before we ran out for kickoff. So, um, you know, we had a great crowd, and, and hopefully, we can keep that up um, next week and then into the playoffs. Okay, so. Um... The playoffs, which we're now allowed to discuss, because you've won ten games, you made the playoffs. Um, that's that's uh, Mike's um, like benchmark. You can't talk about it until you until you've done those things. Now you're in the playoffs, um, and these two games that you have left are important, and they're going to matter. Uh, they're not just going to count; they're going to matter. Yep. Um, but you're not the only player on this team. And, and you hear it more and more. I think you hear it a lot from the defensive guys, but especially from the veteran guys. You hear it not just defense. You hear it from Dak. You hear it from Zeke. Um, you hear a lot about uh, why you're playing this year. And the hat and the shirt you got last night are great, but that's not why you're playing. But Jason Garrett said that to you every time. He, he we we all saw the videos. Enjoy the hat and the shirt tonight and tomorrow give them away because this isn't why you're playing. What's yeah. different now? You're, you're in year eight. Tyron's down the road a little bit. What's different now? What's the sense of urgency? Yeah, I think guys are obviously, uh, they see this opportunity we have in front of us. And I think as one of the older guys on the team, you know, the message is, um, you know, we got to take advantage of these opportunities when we have them because, um, you know, I know when I came into the NFL in 2014, we went 12 and four, made it to the divisional round, and I kind of was like, "Oh man, we're pretty good. This is kind of how it's going to be." And you know, we're going to be here every year, have a shot to go to the NFC Championship, Super Bowl, and you know, the next year we get hit in the face, and we're four and 12. So, uh, and then you know, only been back to the playoffs twice before this year. So, um, the opportunities you got to take advantage of them when you have them, because you know, I know how I, I know the guys on the team know how hard it is to win, especially late in the season. Um, 
So, you know, when you're younger, you don't always, you're always kind of like, oh yeah, whatever. But um, it, it is the truth. So I think uh, the sense of urgency is high. And I think guys understand, um, you know, the opportunity that we have in front of us. Where's the line between urgency and desperation? You know, I, I, I look at it this way. Um, last week, this week, obviously our next two games, like you said before, um, the, these games always obviously count, but they really do matter. So um, kind of taking – I think we've taken kind of that playoff approach over the last couple of weeks, and um, we know how important it is to win. So I think the urgency is high. Definitely, I don't think desperation – there's no desperation in our, in our uh, room. I think we're a confident bunch um, that know what we're capable of. And, um, you know, I think the, the, the mindset is right in our locker room to, to go on and finish out the season strong uh, heading into the postseason. You um, you played with a guy uh, in Jason Witten who had another guy who had a Hall of Fame career who um, never got any further than you've been in uh, in a season. Yeah. And, and I, I know that that, is the, that really is the reason, especially when you've been a few years, that's the reason that you all play. Um do you uh, do you embrace the opportunity more than you feel compelled to remember how difficult it is? I don't know if I'm asking that very artfully, but there's a fine line between between it being a positive incentive and and almost uh, a negative burden. It seems to me, and I ask that because this your 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 whole organization is paying really important attention to mental health and attitude and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't know. Can you, you ask that again? Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you Sorry. can, you can, you can look at where you've been and what you haven't done and how frustrating it can be to, and you can look at Witten, you can look at Sean Lee, a couple of guys you were close to and say, geez, look yep. what they did. Look at the price they paid yep. and they never, Got, and now, so here we are, and we're good. Dad gummit, we're good, and we know we're good. But the young guys think that, like you did as a rookie, we're good, we know we're good, and you know what? That doesn't mean anything. you gotta, you got to be good, and then you got to be better than the other team the next day. It just seems to me to be a difficult thing to balance to um, not have the pressure become pressure. Dak always says pressure is a privilege. And I wonder if you can uh, apply that yep. to something like this. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I know for me, at least playing for to play in Dallas, I think there's always, um, you know, pressure is nothing, nothing new to the guys on our team, and it's something that we, we go through um, all year round. You know, the off season, everyone's talking about us. The training camp, throughout the seasons, after wins, after losses. Uh, so I think pressure comes with the territory, and um, like Dak said, pressure's a privilege. Um, I just think this year, I mean, not to say that we haven't had it in the past, but I just th- this locker room and this team, I think everyone is just locked in on 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 what we need to do, and I think everyone sees what we're capable of, and and when we're all firing all, all cylinders, how good we can be. So I, I don't think pressure. Um, is a negative for us. I think it brings out the best in our group. I think we have an extremely competitive team, and 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 I think it really does bring out the best in us. And, and does the uh, – we've got a little less than a minute left. Does uh, uh, 14, 16, 18, anything about this run right now feel similar or different from those three runs? 
you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think this year, um, you know, 14, it's been obviously some years here, but, uh, 16 was a pretty smooth year. If I remember, you know, we ran, we won 11 games straight. Um, we had a couple of close games. We were always kind of playing pretty consistently. I think this year, um, which is going to work in our favor is we've, um, you know, we've had some tough moments. We've had, we've had some tough games that we've had to kind of overcome and win dirty late in the year. And, um, so I think that's going to help us, uh, moving forward. That may be a little different this year. Uh, you're the best. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. By the way, Travis texted me back. Says hi. Says he misses the show. I don't believe him. Zach Martin, everybody. See you next week on the Cowboys Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!